Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me today, phone lines are wide open already and the text lines open. So good to go if you want to send any pictures of what's going on in your yard or just want to share that gorgeous flower picture or whatever you got going. Love to see it. And that's 403 974 8255. Just want to cover this time of year is. Uh, it's a good time to review your garden. Typically, everything's nice and full. Um, you can see what's going on good, what's going on bad. I was pruning some lower branches yesterday on the spruce tree. They were kind of hitting us in the head a couple spots. And uh, so we, we were doing a little bit of pruning in the backyard. And But right now, it's a good time to do that, remove any of that dead, damaged, or diseased plants truck branches overgrown over top of a sidewalk things like that and any of that deadwood it's a good time to get in there and, and clean that out because you can see it really easily right now as um you'll have nice healthy and then that way your plant is not wasting any of that energy trying to uh revive that you got a text already this morning let's see what's going on i i have this small green caterpillar destroying my rose a bush i pick them off when i see them but looks like they're laying eggs on the leaves they're a ton yeah they're uh chewing that up pretty good um btk is the best product to use on that and works great for um for roses and also just notice on your roses um it's it's a, still a good time. You want to deadhead your roses. Like remove and go down below the the rose hip, below where it uh, was hooked in onto the main branch. That way, it'll encourage more blooms. Um, you're kind of tricking it into saying, "Hey, I haven't done my job yet. I haven't reproduced." Um, so you want to get more blooms. So <clears throat> on those on those roses, you definitely want to do that. And I would use BTK on that. Um, just to get rid of, you got a fairly bad infestation of those little caterpillars. So the BTK is your best selection or best product for that. And I got another people texting already. That's good. Two pictures of fire blight, tidbit, hydrangea, and peony. Huh. Typically, I don't think that's fire blight myself. Um, I would just say that's just. Um, some older leaves, looks like a bit of chewing going on. I would just remove a bunch of those that aren't looking that great. I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's definitely just not fire blight. And those are just old branches on your fern leaf peony. Like I said, they bloom quite early, and then they're done. So just cut those off as they die off. <clears throat> Let them download the energy back into the the bloom of your peony. But, yeah, definitely not fire blight on those. I think you're totally fine. Um, fire light tidbit. Okay. I see. I thought you said fire blight. Sorry. Yeah. No, they look good. Just trim those off. Any of the dead, damaged, disease branching. Um, yeah, they look good. And uh, the fern leaf peony, I would just prune off again some, some of that uh, the dead leaves and things like that as they're going and got a couple other one merle darn slugs how do i get rid of them repairing the soil before plant also now when they have infested a couple plants 
boiling water. The only problem is you have to pour it on top of the plant, so you end up going to damage your plant. We have really good slug bait that you can use. It will get rid of them. Another thing you can try and do is avoid watering um, overnight in those shady areas, getting water on the leaves. That will um, encourage the the slugs in those areas, in those shade areas. Um, I've heard some people, um, if you have a couple of beer left over from last night, maybe put it into a pie dish, um, sort of dig that into the soil and fill it with beer. I understand that works quite well. And there's only maybe you got to waste some of those bad beers you got that don't taste so good. Maybe use them for slug bait if you like. Uh, but you don't want to waste a good one. So, um, But we all have a few of those ones that you get that you just say, eh. This tastes like slug bait better than it does a beer. So, yeah, use that for that. And hopefully, but yeah, you try to change the environment. They love those wet, moist, shady areas. They're going to get in there, and they, they love going on the hostas. Um, another good alternative to a hosta, and uh, <clears throat> we're just redoing a big garden um, that we're working on, and really notice. And our, our client that we're working with, she really likes the look of the Brenaria. Um, it, it it gives you a similar look to a hosta. You get that variegated white leaf, beautiful, lacy blue flowers in the spring, Brenera. And it's um, hail-proof somewhat. Like it doesn't get affected by the hail and slugs like that. So there's a good plant. And I know Terry just brought in a bunch for his... Um, proven winners display and we have a whole good new selection of some gorgeous Brunera, Brunaria um, great looking plant um, gives loves the shade will do really well in there and also got in some of the best topier hydrangeas I've seen in a long time so got some of those in the, the lime the limelight and then the pink um, pink and white ones as well. So just gorgeous. So got some great, if you're looking to add a little bit of a showpiece, um, some topiar hydrangeas are looking really, really good right now. So we got some of those. And, but yeah, I wouldn't use boiling water, um, again, just because of, of that. I, I will, I was actually kind of excited. I don't usually grow the bigger tomatoes. And... I was digging through and I got too many tomatoes in one pot. So I'm, I make sure I keep fertilizing probably twice a week. Um, keep them fair, a little bit moist. Not, it's not deep. It's in one of these raised planters. So I really got to watch that the water stays consistent, but I got some of the best, perfect, big tomatoes, sort of a mid-sized beefsteak. Typically I'm always growing the uh, sun gold or the cherry. I get the Rapunzel. I, I prefer those tomatoes. But man, I was, I was I was actually kind of excited. I haven't, like I said, I haven't grown a lot of the bigger tomatoes. And I, when I harvest that one, I just got wow, there's a great big, and I had no stem rot on the bottom of it, which was good. So, um, anyways, happy to see. And I got some other. Oh, actually, that was a an older text. I don't know if we if we responded. Hi, I have two thirty old Evans cherry trees. Major prune summer or winter. Um, I, I would do it. Yeah. Either first over the winter is good, like sort of mid to later winter. 
Um, or right now is a good time. If there's dead damage or disease branching, you definitely want to remove that at this time because especially on your cherry trees, if they can get a little bit of time to heal. And it's a great time if you've planted newer, smaller trees. It's just do some of that training of your of your trees. So just the crisscrossing branches, the rubbing branches, things that so if you do some really good pruning right now, good structure pruning when your trees are small, it's going to enable it to grow with the right structure as it grows. It's a lot easier to do structure pruning when your trees are small, get them going in the right direction. And uh, yeah, do that this time of year. It makes a big difference. Okay, actually, and we're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403. Nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Um, I was the one that sent in the pictures of okay. the um, firelight tidbit and peony. Yep. Um, the peony I just replanted again last fall, and it's only about six inches high. And <laughs> yeah, they don't get, and they don't like to be transplanted, so you're going to get a little yeah. bit of shock this year. Um, oh. But it looked like it survived actually pretty good, and okay. and that's normal. Like peonies, um, typically when I plant them. I'll, I'll, I use them as a, a perimeter plant a bit more, not a focal point, um, because it's a little bit different. You have the fern leaf one, so you kind of don't want to miss it when it is blooming as well. But right. they come up so early, and then when they're done, that's it, right? Exactly. So I try not to make them a focal point of the garden. I kind of like to have them hidden in the back a little bit, especially the bigger peonies, where you can still see the beautiful blooms. They do their thing. They show off. And then they just kind of fade into the background, and that's similar okay. with your with your fernley peony that you have. But you have it in the front, but that's normal. It's just gonna it's downloading the energy out of the leaves right now into the into the root, and it, it it's doing what it should. The hydrangea, how how long has it been in? Is it newly planted or? Yeah, just this spring. Yeah, so that I was just gonna say, it looks like it's just adjusting. A bit, maybe just some leaf damage, heavy rain, maybe a little hail here or there. Um, fairly yeah. normal, and right now it's developing its roots. So you okay. could still give it another shot of Rage Plus or a light shot of 15-30-15 or 10-52-10, low nitrogen, high high phosphate. Just develop those roots, and it, it, it'll be fine. It looks, it looks quite normal for... A first year planted next year you'll see it really take off and then the third year is really when you see those really come into their own so excellent thank you so much yeah no that looks great thank you for sharing okay have a good day you too take care bye-bye Bye. all right let's go to a good run good morning good run yes i'm here hi how can we help you how are you uh i'd like to know I have tomatoes, and they are nice and red and big, but yep. they are turning uh, brownish, blackish, on the under uh, underneath. <coughs> yeah, 
And that's that's it's called blossom end rot. And these are probably on your bigger tomatoes, mm-hmm. like beef steaks and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, it's blossom end rot. So it's lack of calcium. <clears throat> so you need to use a fertilizer, like a tomato fertilizer with a calcium supplement in it. Mm-hmm. So any like the Evolve or the tomato foods, just just look and just see if it has calcium added to it. If not, we do sell just a calcium supplement that you can add to the to the water to the soil when you fertilize. Yeah, and and that's why it's getting that gets that blossom end rot. Yeah, I had it last year too, and this is a new one, Mortgage Lifter. It's called. Yeah, that's one that's supposed to produce a lot of. Yeah, fruit. it's very nice potato, tomatoes, but yeah. Yeah, but so you just got to, <laughs> you still have time. You could fertilize with some, mm-hmm. just get some calcium in there, calcium supplement. Don't yeah. use milk or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. An eggshell just, I put by dig that, under in, over the year, won't do enough. Yeah, not, no, it, there's not enough in it for those. And did you change your soil or are you using the same soil? soil but it's all mixed up with other things yeah so what you what i like to do and especially in tomatoes because they're really heavy feeders Mm -hmm. you you need to add some either some sea soil or some granular fertilizer into the soil you need to like we have one that's uh groundskeeper's pride it's an organic um vegetable Mm -hmm. food you need to add some you need to replenish the soil because there's nothing left in it so okay. especially for tomatoes, you'll see a big difference if you get get some nice healthy soil. That those mortgage uh, lifter tomatoes will just perform really good for you. I, but you still have time. Just get some fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Get some tomato fertilizer with the calcium, calcium. and just start fertilizing today. Yeah. If you get just do it every few days, um, you should see the rest of them um, get fixed up for you. Yeah, there's only I have three plants. Only two turning that way, and the other, the third one, is fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's just how it's just. I, I know I had two early on that had a bit of the blossom end rot. Then I started fertilizing, yeah. and the last one, like I said, I harvested when I got back in town last week. Um, oh. It was just a perfect tomato, like it was just perfectly red, no marks on it, no. and uh, it didn't have any blossom end rot. So I was, uh, I was kind of surprised. So I, I thought I was going to have more of that, but. I started fertilizing with the calcium, and it made a big difference. So, okay, all righty, all right, okay, yeah, yeah, and then thank you so much. I appreciate it. And this in the fall, like when you dig out the your tomatoes, Mm -hmm. um, just remove about a third or a quarter of the soil, and just re add in some new stuff. Just, just to, yeah, and then that way it'll it'll blend in with the old stuff over the winter. And mm-hmm. then you're ready to go in the spring. Aye. All right. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. And all right. And I got, uh, I'm going to go to the phone line again. We got Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. Um, Hi. I have a problem with my sweet peas. Um, <coughs> the leaves at the bottom are turning brown and crinkly, and it started just at the bottom and then it's been working its way up it's halfway up the vines now and i'm just wondering if you know what i'd like i are you getting any like sort of does it look like white powder before it goes brown um i haven't noticed that 
Okay, because sometimes powdery mildew will cause that. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but peas, they and the sweet peas, because they're fairly quick growers. On the bottom, they will lose their bottom leaves as as it grows. So okay. it's kind of like they defoliate. So what I would do is just run your hands along the bottom of the vines there. Just remove a bunch of those, um, the brown leaves. Yeah. And it's I, I it's typically just older older leaves that on the bottom they just start they shut down because then all the energy is going to the new stuff. Okay. Is it blooming lots? Are you getting nice blooms and now. stuff? Yeah. So just ensure that the water is consistent as well. Yeah. I know we've had some hot, and then the and they are heavy feeders. But you said you're fertilizing, so right. Um, they can be affected by that, unfortunately. Okay. And yeah, so just it and peas when it gets hot, they're more of a cool climate too. So right. when it gets too hot, they do they don't perform as well. Like they like that filtered shade a bit in the midsummer oh, okay. that's why yeah. you see them like and we plant them early in the season when it's cool they really love that but yeah. during the summer when it gets hot they cart they start dying off a bit okay okay yeah okay. it's we're just one of those just like lettuce and some of the things if you have a yeah. bit of a shaded area like in your lettuce like it just performed but if you have it real hot the lettuce doesn't fill out because it just prefers that little bit of filtered filtered sun a little bit right. cooler than hot hot same, same with your peas okay well thank you very much all right good luck okay thanks bye bye yeah that and it is frustrating and, and we're 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 like when we get this good weather we all love it and uh, it's good but some some of your plants um prefer other areas and different heat different things i had one text Sent in a pictures, adding on a few feet to existing garden. What can I what can I add? And sun between one and four only midsummer. So I, again, I just suggested hostas, Bernaria, Ligularia, Annabelles. Um, and just to add a bit in the front, um, and just a bit of a feature. And you have a few things in the back, so maybe do one Annabelle just in the middle. And just move a couple of those rocks and just extend that out and and make it a bit of a round. But yeah, you have a few of those already in your garden, I notice as well. So you have some irises, but just I'd, I'd add a bit more color in the front. Um, again, the legal areas will add a bit of a punch for you. So yeah, yeah, it looks like you have a great looking little garden going on. So nice work, Tracy, on those. All right. And I got one more text here. Hi, Merle. We had a bad hailstorm in Didsbury on Thursday. Just wondering if my beets and carrots will continue to grow, even if most of the tops. Yeah, just break off most of the broken. If there's if the branches are broken and and that, try to just remove a lot of that. Leave on what you can, what's intact, because it still needs that to soak up the sun's energy and will continue to grow. And and your carrots will continue to go, and the beets should continue to go. Um, even though the tops are gone and yeah, but you could start harvesting some of them as well, but they will continue to go as well. So anyways, we are going to take a quick break. If you'd like to, to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And whenever we talk about sweet peas, we tend to get a phone call from our good friend, Diane, down um, down south in the Pincher Creek area. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Merle. You were right on on what you were saying about sweet peas in the heat. They <coughs> See, I, I've this. listened to you over the years, so I'm, I am I, I do learn a little bit, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to check in and tell anybody if they were thinking of saving seeds of their sweet peas, not to bother about that yet, but to keep cutting because then they'll get a flush of bloom because when it does cool off, the sweet peas will come back like crazy. Yeah, because they, again, they like that. And uh, the more, like I said, if you're deadheading and, and then take some in and enjoy them in the house because that will trick That's them. That's why It'll we grow them. To bloom. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we grow them. And the best thing, a lot of that leaf die off is because they get water on them. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, pick those okay. dead leaves off so they don't look too crappy. And Yeah, and the energy cutting. doesn't go to it. Yeah, okay, perfect. I'm glad I'm on the right track. And, uh, again, I hope all is well, and thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Okay, and just tell everybody, you know, by September, that's the time to stop cutting if you do want to get seeds off your sweet peas okay so if you want to save the pods so are the seeds right in the pod yeah just take them let them get as fat and round in the pod as you can okay and then take them in and dry them and they will pop open when they're ready and i always store the seeds in the freezer that's the best place to keep them so all right then we get the good fertilization happening all that stuff as well right stay fresh that's it that's it. Perfect. Yes, don't give up on them and stop watering when it sort of starts to get cool because they'll bloom even through the first snow. Yeah, they can take frost so because they're pretty hardy, but they yeah, they prefer the cool climate. So That's it. All right. That's it. So Thank if you, you want so much. seeds, yeah, you have to sort of think of raising a crop of seeds rather than hoping to goodness you find one good seed pod somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank right. you very take much. Take care. Now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, always great to hear from from Diana, and uh, she's sounding great, which is good. Let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning. I uh, texted you a photograph, a, cl- a close up of some leaves, and the tree. Yeah. It's not it's not a May Day. It's kind of like a May Day. It gets the same sort of blooms in the spring, and typically the leaves are a nice, full, lush green color. And as you can see by the photo. They're getting kind of yellow, spotchy, and yeah, it looks like you got some. I would say it looks like spider mites on the back side. Is there kind of a webbing at all, or little tiny? Yeah, yeah, it is. we definitely have spiders here. I'm in Parkland. Yeah, 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 spider mites. So, um, you can spray. We do have a spider mite spray at the store. Okay. You could use pure spray green. Um, just and again, this fall, do a really good cleanup. Like just try to get, because those those leaves you got you got a pretty bad infestation, yeah. so I would uh, I would just get try to get those tidied up that way and make sure you do a really good fall cleanup, and uh, of of the leaves off the off of the mayday. Okay, it, okay. it could be just a choke cherry as well. So it's either a mayday or just a, a regular choke cherry or. Right, right, yeah. So you guys have a particular spray for the spider yeah, mite. Yeah, for spider mite. Yeah. Perfect. I'll, I'll go there today. Thanks very much, bud. All right. Thanks, David. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, he his leaves are definitely um, just 
that you can just tell they've just been eaten from the from underneath and it just sucks all the juices all the green juices out of your out of the leaves so anyways let's go to Ann. good morning Ann. we can't spray Hi, Ann. Oh, yeah, we're on the on the delay here. Um, okay. All right. We're going to actually go to Les. We'll get Ann back on the line after that. Good morning, Les. Hey, good morning. Uh, I sent you a picture of my chickweed that's, that I want to get rid of. It's okay. all over my garden, in my thorn in my grass. It's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah, you got, uh, and it's all mixed in your, yeah, in your with your carrots, your exactly um, beets. Unfortunately, last year, uh, that's uh, especially when you have all the veggies and your potatoes. This is just something that you have to uh, hand dig them out. Um, um, I, I wouldn't want to spray them with anything, especially with all the root crops and everything you get going. So, so if, if, I, um, if I took out all my vegetables and then used Roundup, would that be okay? Yeah, but if if is this going to be a veggie area all the time? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I just prefer it's going to be a bit of sweat equity you're going to have to put into this one, unfortunately, when you do. Like if you just get in there and just start digging out that chickweed with your hands, get in and, and dig it out and, and just use a – like a three-prong cultivator, and, yeah. and just dig it up. And just try not to let it go so badly, but if you're ready to harvest everything, yeah, at that point, I, d I just I wouldn't want to use a bunch of chemical in there, especially Roundup or 2,4-D. Um, okay. They say it's okay, but in vegetable, I think it, it's worth the, the bit of sweat equity you need to put in in that area. If it was in your lawn and some other things, I would just do some spot spraying of the chickweed and that, but this one is just, and then this next spring, just start on it earlier on your weeding, right? Get out there once, once, once a week or twice a week, just get out there and, and just do a bit of cultivating as it's growing. And when they're small and then it's just, it's a, it's overpowering when they, when they get to this point, right? It's just like, Oh yeah, I, 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 I plucked it. Um, you know, pulled it over over the course of the season, and now it, it's just gotten so bad. It's yeah, yeah. It's just one of those ones you have to be diligent, and you have to get down and and dig the roots out. So this this fall, so what I do after you pull all your veggies out, do your thing, to dig up the soil and leave it big and lumpy. Um, so that will help as well. So like, turn it over with a shovel and just leave big lumps. And that okay. way, when the cold air can get in there and kill a bunch of that stuff as well over the winter time, and then okay. next spring turn it over again, amend the soil, and then as soon as you start seeing that chickweed or whatever's coming up, just get in there like with a three prong cultivator and just run it through there really quickly, and then it, then you, you can just stay on top of it. It just when it gets away on you like this, it's a it's a battle. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like you, know, you turn around and walk away. It, it is going into my grass. So what can I use for to kill it? Two four D. So kill X that. So when you get into your grass, I just spot spray it. Okay. With kill X, and okay. uh, you can definitely do that for sure. Okay. Awesome. Alrighty. And one more thing. Horseradish. Yeah. Is it best to leave it? Um, like when do I harvest it? But I want it to grow. Like 
Um, so typically, you can you can if it's ready to go, you, you can you can start to um, you can start to harvest any time almost. Like if it's if it looks like it's you got the big leaves and stuff like that yeah. going on. Okay, um, I would if you want to look at because um, it. It it, it it's it can be fairly invasive as well, right? Um, so you can even wait till like September, October, um, let it cool down, get a bunch of that energy go down into into the horseradish, into the thing, and then you're then you're good to go. Okay, and then just leave it over over the winter. Yeah, right? absolutely. Machine, goes grows like a weed. Yeah, absolutely, and then it, it spreads, right? Sort of, because I think when people dig it up, it grows back, and and again, but you you should be good to go. Uh, leave it till fall, September, October. Harvest at that time, and then you're good. Okay, awesome. All right, thank enjoy you, that horseradish. All, All right, right take you. care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, if you'd like to join me after the break. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Getting lots of texts. We do have a couple spots for phone calls, so if you'd like to join me. That is 403-974-8255. Right now I'm going to go to Anne. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Well, uh, last year my son-in-law planted about eight sunflowers and the squirrels were getting them. So I said, I'm not planting (laughs) any this year. However, two of them came up and one has a beautiful big flower but the other one's going to have about 26 flowers on it. It's about oh, wow. eight feet tall, and there's about nine blooming already. I can't figure it out. Have you ever heard of such a sunflower? Yeah, well, what happens is it's probably got maybe just broken off too, so it branched out, which is perfect. Uh-huh. So it's just, yeah, that's, it just, it, it downloaded, had lots of phosphate in there. So it's, uh, how big are the heads? Are they quite big? Is it going to be able to stand uh, the, up? Yes, they are. The one that came out first is quite big. And the one that's a lone one that has one flower is huge. And something's been eating at those two already. I don't know if it's birds or squirrels again. Yeah, no, you'll definitely get the birds and the squirrels will go after it. I got, uh, I got lots of spruce trees in my yard right now, and the squirrels are going crazy, um, yeah. storing storing all the cones and things like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's um, yeah, you, you I, should be should be good. If I save those seeds, some seeds, and replant them, will it grow the same next year, yeah. or will it? Absolutely, yeah, no, it should. If you if off of the one that's doing that, you should yeah. absolutely. That's that variety. So. Um, if you if you save some of those seeds, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's Alrighty. great. I'll give some to my neighbor and my daughter and anyone else that wants one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, it, it's a great plant to grow because it kind of, this is when it's coming into its own sort of late August, September. You see some beautiful, nice big yellow fo- uh, flowers, nice foliage. So 
it, it's a great plant because you rest your gardens doing what it's doing throughout the year and then in the fall you get to enjoy those beautiful sunflowers so that's nice yeah it sure keeps the bees busy too <laughs> yeah isn't that nice and and when bees have lots to do they don't bug you right they they're no. just doing their thing so that's it's good right all right okay, then. thank you so thank much thank you very much thanks Anne. take care enjoy you too bye-bye bye-bye all right let's go actually what i'm gonna do is probably just gonna take a quick break here um if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I got one quick text I'll do. I'm just typing it out, um, but um, one of it is on a Virginia creeper, which we've had quite a few people have this issue. And what it is, it's just the leaf hopper gets in there, and it just decimates them. It just sucks all the juices out of your. So what you need to do is you need to start spraying them in beginning of July, typically once a week with the pure spray green or primithrin, one of those products just to get um, those things looked after. Cause they're it, it once, and even if you don't see them, they're going to get it. So you just, just get them on a spray thing sort of once a week for the month of July, for the most part, once you get them through that time, you're, you're fine. Cause that's typically when the leaf hoppers come out. So um, there's not much you can do this year. Just do a really good cleanup because um, those things will be full of eggs and all that. So just do a really good cleanup of all that Virginia creeper. And then just next spring, get ready to um, start spraying them, typically beginning of July, right at the end of June, beginning of July. And then you should be good to go. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Ed. Good morning, Ed. Yes, good morning, Merle. Hey, Ed, how can I help you? I've got some... Uh young spruce trees that uh, planted there planted in about may okay and uh, they're doing well but uh, there's uh, some of them got um, little brown things brown colored things on the end of the branches yeah that could be just a little bit of uh, maybe just desiccation so what what I'd, I'd like you to see you do is just ensure that you maybe put a little bit of mulch around each one as well just to help hold the moisture in over the winter, keep them frozen. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, just ensure that you water them really good going into the fall. Yeah, <laughs> so, I water them every day now really good. Yeah, well, so just, you can kind of kind of hold off now, like this when we get into the last little bit here. Sort of, you just do it once a week, sort of maybe twice a week and there's real hot stuff coming up. But you can start slowing down on the watering a little bit going into winter. But then okay. once we hit October, make sure you water them in really good. Put a good layer of bark mulch around them. Um, that way it keeps them frozen over the winter. And uh, oh. and you should be good to go. You're going to get the odd little brown thing and stuff on them. That's that's quite normal. Oh, I heard about right. this melisonian or something. You spray them with this melisonian. No, you don't want to spray them with melisonian. No. no, no, they're oh, okay. Okay. No, I only like doing spraying if you see something. If you're just like, except like on certain things, like I mentioned, a Virginia creeper on the last call, um, you almost there's a 99% chance you're going to get leaf hoppers on a 
Virginia creeper. So those ones I don't mind just spraying before you see them because you got to get ahead of it. Um, okay. But on certain plants and trees, and sometimes you could do more damage, especially on smaller spruce. If you spray them with malathion, you could end up burning them, things like that. And if they don't have anything, there's no sense spraying them. So. Okay, thanks. All right, take care. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Um, I was hoping you could help me pick a tree for a space right. in my yard. Um, it's a large space, so looking for a big tree, um, looking for something to provide some shade and a little privacy. It's um, a huge space. It's got unforgiving sun all day long. Um, Are you just looking for one focal point tree or maybe a group of a couple or? Um, both ideas work. There's enough space out there for a lot of trees. Um, okay. Just planted a gladiator <coughs> crab that'll be yep. probably about 20 feet away away from where I'm looking at. The okay. space is adjacent to, I think it's a like a, um, uh, oh, what's it called? A glacier line. So it can be quite rocky in there. I'm guessing the soil's kind of acidic, and I'm not okay. much of a gardener, so I'm looking for so something. So I was going yeah, to maybe forgiving. suggest let's look at doing maybe some of the pines. We have really nice mountain pine. Uh, you could even do some of the ponderosa pine, a spruce tree. I need the uh, grass be... to grow underneath it, and there's a fair number of pine trees okay. around as well. So I was hoping for okay. something. Um, yeah, that would grow without. What, whereabouts are you down south, or a little bit? Whereabouts are you? Just straight west of um, Spruce Meadows, actually. So kind of okay. between Spruce Meadows and Prittis. Okay, yeah, so that's great growing area. You can grow all kinds of different things in there. Um, you could do a nice big elm tree. Um, you could do the Prairie Cascade Willow. That's one I really love. Um, it, it grows really quite fast. Any of the, like the laurel leaf willow can really do quite well in the big, big trees. Is there um, a type of oak? that will grow here yeah the oaks will grow but really quite slow growing unfortunately so if you're looking for shade okay. it's going to be uh 20 years before you get some shade so <laughs> okay that's fair yeah so just being yeah up front and even on shade like you're on the right track even with the gladiators like those are great trees they're disease resistant they grow quite quickly um, but they're not huge. They get about that 15, 20 feet high. But you might want it, even a clump of those and then add in a couple of smaller evergreens or something okay. just to mix it up a bit, you know, to create like a bed. Okay. And if you I'll have one big open the, area. The willows and the elms, I hadn't looked at any of those. Yeah. And if you, if you have a bit of a picture, if you go, if you're down at our tree lot too, just. Chris is down there during the week or right now on Sundays too, Saturdays and Sundays. Um, so she's a great help if you if you're just looking to help pick plants. Um, hey, it's it's a good way to do it. Gladiator, he was very helpful, by the way. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So. Okay, well, thanks for your help. All right, take care. Thank you. you bye bye. Bye. All right, all right, and I think I might just do a couple texts because I only have a little bit of time before I uh, have to take a quick break here. Good morning, Merle. This is our wild Saskatoon bushes. A bunch of them have this black rot and some have moss growing on others. Do we just cut them out and <coughs> bulk 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just want to cut a lot of that out. Even on some of the Saskatoons, if you have a lot of deadwood and stuff like that, you can just rejuvenate. But I would take those couple big branches right out. Just go right down to the bottom. And Saskatoons normally, well, they sucker from the bottom anyways. But any of that deadwood going up, you can just cut those right out, right down to the ground. That will definitely help. It makes a big difference and uh, not wasting that energy. But right now, we got to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we are taking your calls and your texts, 403-974-8255. Right now, we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. I have two Brians, but the first Brian. Hi, Brian. How can I help you? Yeah, hi. I got a poplar tree here. It's a pretty big tree, actually. I don't know. I'm just estimating two big trunks, probably uh, 30 feet or so, maybe even more than that. Okay. And anyhow, it's shooting out suckers all over the place. And I tried digging up one there, but I didn't have any success. And I was wondering. Yeah, how that can... that's going to be an endless battle on those ones. Like when they when something when they start suckering. It's typically when well, the tree starts suffering. What I'm trying suffering. to do is uh, transplant these suckers to else place elsewhere on the property where some trees are needed. Okay. That's what um, I'm trying to do. So, so what you could do next about... spring, you can, well, you can try to dig the root out. Like if you go a foot on either side of that where it goes and then try and okay. get a good clump of it and take it with you. Um, but they will root up pretty easy. Like next spring when all any of the new growth is cut new growth off it. And then you can just propagate them that way, like in water or into soil. Like put them into just, a four or six inch pot. Off or whatever. Yep, yep. And then just below, like you'll see where the different nodes are on the thing, like where the leaves are coming out. Um, right. Just below, just cut just below, pull off some of the lower leaves, stick it into soil, and uh, they will root up actually really quite easily. Those and willows, things like that. Um, okay, all you, right. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. Well, it was, it was last whenever it was really dry there last summer, and uh, and I tried digging around one, and I must have been two kind of joined together, and one of them died, so I just didn't go any further on that little. Well, because you yeah, when you're when you're kind of cutting it off, right, and and so yeah. that will happen, and, and and typically when if it is suckering a lot, it's typically because the big tree is suffering a bit too, so you may want to ensure that it's getting maybe a little bit more water, things like that, too, to keep it healthy. Well, I'm actually wondering where the two uh, massive chunks shoot out of the ground there. It's uh, starting to split there. Well, I don't know how much it's splitting through or anything, but there's sap leaking out of the tree right there. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, that's know, somewhat fairly normal. It's, it's just, just a bit of a ooze. Yeah. off one of these days. I'm surprised yeah, it hasn't and- yet, actually, but... Uh, Yep, trees pretty, strong, pretty strong, strong though. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So just ensure that you're giving it uh, fertilizer, water. Make sure you water it well. Big tree like that's going to take a lot of water. So, all right. Should I like water closer to the trunk? Or like <clears throat> no, more on the, the drip line. Yeah, around the drip line. So if you can get uh, like a soaker hose, and if you get a fifty or a hundred feet of soaker hose, just put it around the perimeter of the where the leaves hang out, <clears throat> or right. even halfway, and just let it go. And that way you're not wasting so water either, be right? Like a full rain barrel of water around the thing slowly. Well, at least, it, yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, it depends if you are you hooked on a well or do you have good water supply? This or well, I got 
Hello? Yeah, uh, go ahead. We lost each other. All right. Thanks, Brian. Oh, I didn't I know what was going on there. I thought we lost each other there for a second. <laughs> no, nope, we're all good. Middle of the water. I got a well. There, uh, no, I got rain barrels to do all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it is true like that. It's probably take a little bit more. It's going to take a fair bit. So if you get a chance, if you can put a hose on it, let it soak in there really good, that would be great. Okay, actually, maybe I can suck some water out of the dugout and let it go around there for a while. All right, okay, yeah. thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, that. Brian. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I got another Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? Well, it's a glorious Sunday. The hot, it is, the hot too. Weather because I might actually, my peppers might actually make it this year without having to bring them back in. Yeah, actually, I've been harvesting... And I got this new one. It was hot burrito, and it turns red. And yeah. uh, it's, it's actually lots of heat. I've had lots of those, lots of jalapenos this year, and uh, and then the kung pao as well. I've gotten quite a few of those. I'm waiting for those. I have some of those ghost peppers. They're just yeah. starting to form, so I'm kind of curious to see. Those are supposed to be those super hot ones, so we'll see how those They're make They're pretty it. hot. So. I've got the uh, the Scorpions, Carolina Reaper, and Habanero. Yeah. Jalapenos are going wild. Like, the other ones have flowered, and they're starting to form, but I'm, I'm praying for about seven more weeks of really hot weather. <laughs> yeah, so just pull off some of the bottom leaves on your peppers, too. Um, that will help the energy go more into the growth. Yeah. Um, so do that. Continue to feed, yeah, then you should be good. So what's oh, up today? Day, yeah. My question was, I've got two Paul pears in the back garden area. Yeah. And there's a big, I think it's called the Eurasian pear, you know, the ones that are, like, they're yep. really nice-looking tree, but you can't eat them because they're horrible. Yeah, they're hard and gritty. Yeah, yeah but um, I think we did that because they have to pollinate. Now, I was thinking of transplanting the Paul's pears out into the orchard, but I don't have any pear trees out there. Is that going to not work for oh, them? Or? Still, no, no, it's still close enough for pollination in that. You'll be fine. So. Oh, it is, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, be, the bees. That, right in the fall? <laughs> yeah, after it loses its leaves, or I, sometimes I prefer in the spring, like okay, like early spring before just before it's budding, um, when you can start to dig. I just find depends how it is in the winter. We get a really dry winter, and if you don't get out there and give it a little bit of water here or there, you can lose them. So no, especially absolutely. how dry it's been, I prefer to springtime is is my preferred time on those well that's perfect it'll just add to my list in the spring but that's okay it's only two <laughs> yeah no and and some of that and depending on how much room you have you might even want to look at uh, and how big they are you might want to even look at just if you have a get a hold of somebody with a bobcat with a spade on the front um yeah that's no, something I've, got, might... uh, I've got that over here so perfect there you go and then uh of course as i'm talking to you reva just wrote something on the note here so i'll be quick uh the salvia yeah um, it bloomed. She's wondering if she should um, cut cut it down and it'll bloom again, or is it done? Yeah. Done? Is it the perennial one? Yeah, yeah, you can deadhead it. Yeah, you can you can deadhead, and chances are you might get some more. But a lot of times those are just one and done. Um, but Perfect. the annual ones, you definitely keep deadheading. And I and typically I get. Uh, I was hoping I still haven't got my uh, hummingbird, so I'm still. Uh, they don't like where I've moved, I guess. <laughs> I was yeah, we got a whole, we got a whole different, <laughs> all the different colors of hummingbirds out here. So it's been a neat year. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very right. much. Thanks, Brian. Have a good one. Enjoy your Sunday. You as well. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. 
we are going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, good to see the Prune It Up crew. Uh, they're out yesterday giving her on a on a couple of little jobs. So good to see. Mark is back. He was on holidays. Well-deserved. Um, yeah, so they've been working like crazy trying to keep uh, – all the trees in Calgary, um, nice and healthy, and getting ready to do the the fall fertilizer, the deep root fertilizer. We start that up in September. So if you're if you're looking to give your trees a little extra something, you may really want to sign up for that. Let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Elsia. Good morning, Elsia. Oh, hi, Merle. How are you? Hi. Good. Good. How can hi. I help you? I have a caragana shrub. And I'd okay. like to know if it's too late to transplant it. It's uh, very healthy looking. It's about five feet tall. And it's in the spot that it's in right now for uh, two growing seasons. So the spring of 2021, it was small. And now it's, it's very healthy looking. Is it too late in the season to transplant it? No, it, it's still too early. You, you had to wait till it starts going dormant, like when it starts losing its leaves, or or early spring. Okay. They, and they do move pretty easy. On. Like they have a they have a fibrous root system, so they will they root they move quite easily. Yeah. So, but just wait okay. till fall here, and then you can dig it up, dig as big a clump as you can, and have yeah. your new spot ready for it, and uh, you should be good to go. Yeah, that sounds great. I have another question, if you have time for about sure. flies. Um, in my lawn and my neighbor's lawn, we have these small flies. Um, they have long, slender wings, kind of a light tan color. Yep. Um, do you Did know you... what they are and if they're harmful for the grass? No, for the most part, they're not. It's just if your grass gets a little bit longer. Yeah. At this time of year, I know I put on I have a bug zapper. And I get, okay. it's, a, it's supposed to be for mosquitoes, but I get a ton of these little moth kind of oh. look like little flies they're just off yeah. the lawn and they're usually they're not harmful i just okay. want to make sure that it's not the cinch bug so if it's a bit more of a brown beetle right. you gotta... and i don't believe it is because i had cinch bugs or chinch yeah. bugs and they are uh dark uh, uh brownish black almost a uh, nymph yeah that's these are like just a cycle of flies that come through always in august um, they're yeah. in our lawns for two or three weeks, and then they're gone. So oh, I, okay. I wouldn't, you know I wouldn't worry too again? much. I, I think they're just a type of leafhopper. I'm not too sure. Oh, a leafhopper. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and it's just okay. sort of like too. If you're a fly fisherman, you kind of watch the hatch. You get different types of flies that are hatching at different times throughout the year. So that's right. just uh, a different hatch going on in our lawn. So. Oh yeah, they do remind me of fish flies. Yeah. So right now, so they could be just a mayfly too. Um, So I'll actually look and see flies in the lawn, see if if anything comes up on the actual name. But uh, because this time, or the mayflies, some of that, um, typically when they're hatching right now. Okay. So 
All right. Okay, I won't, won't worry about them then. Thank you very much. No, nope. yeah, they're all good. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye now. Bye bye. All right, and we're at. Yeah, where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Christina. Good morning, Christina. I have a quick question in regards sure. to my hibiscus that I have inside. It's not okay. infested, but I've been trying to control the white aphids on it. Um, okay. But I have pets, so I'm trying to find a pet safe, either insecticide or like a at home make um, kind of formula because I've been using just like rubbing alcohol, Dawn dish soap and water, but it doesn't really seem. Oh, to be so is it is it white? Is it kind of a fluffy thing or is it actual yeah. aphids? No, it's fluffy. Yeah, they're fluffy. Okay, so you got mealy bugs in there. Okay. Okay. So. You can use, so if you get it into a sink, you can try to use the rubbing alcohol like with a Q-tip. Pure spray yeah. green will work on those two. Um, or we have a product with pimethrin and it's a bug X. Um, there's one of them will work on that as well. And okay. so if how big is it? Can you just take it outside? I can, yeah. It doesn't really do well outside because we're not really sun facing. So it didn't okay, really but like I mean, just to spray it. I mean, you oh, could just take it outside, kind of lay it down. Or, or up and just get your hose out with a bit of a pressure, like a bit of a uni nozzle. Uh -huh. And then just, just spray the the branches where those are too. Okay. And and then just spray it with the with the pure spray green or the bug X. Okay. And uh, and the, hopefully that will look after those little biggers for you because they get in there and they yeah. just keep coming. No, I yeah. know. And they and they, they love spi like hibiscus spider mites love them. Um, mealy bugs so Perfect. and yeah i have i have a bunch outside of my planters and i yeah i'm fortunate i got lots of sun so they're actually doing quite well yeah. outside so yeah. all right there you go thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome take care bye-bye bye-bye all right let's go to sylvia good morning sylvia let's go hi, hi sylvia Oh, maybe not. Let, is Fran still there, or is she gone? Okay, let's go to Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hello. Hi, Sheila. Hi, yeah, Sheila. Hi. I'm on speakerphone. Maybe it's hard to understand me. No, actually, okay. you're good. This, as long as the radio's off, it's just when yeah, people I are listening. It yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're on hold, just ensure that you have your radio off because um, yeah. there's a delay. So, all right, yeah. thanks. How can I help I you, Sheila? Uh, I had a pretty good raspberry crop in my little patch, and uh, the last week or so, I've been getting tiny, tiny little white worms in the fruit. Yeah, they're loving it too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're really um, tiny. How can I get rid of them without killing my bees? Yeah, and that's the hard part, and especially when we're dealing with edibles. Yeah. I think it's – is it almost – does it look like a worm or sort of more like a – Yeah, a tiny worm, just a tiny so you can hardly see them. Yeah, so there's not really a lot you can do. You can do a really good cleanup, and it's more of just a cycle going yeah. on. Um, yeah, so it, it's quite – it it happens like they're they love the it's just it's called the raspberry fruitworm beetle. Um mm -hmm. they they love going after the raspberries, especially right now when we have a, a abundance of them. Yeah. 
So yeah, they, well, they I just don't really want to. Last week or so, I've noticed them. Yeah, it's just sort of you got lots hanging in there, and then they find your patch, and then away you go. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, uh, will, it, will it, it's hard. Will the affect them at all? Um, I'm just sort of looking. Like, there's a couple things like you could try. It's just once they're in the fruit already, yeah, there's well, nothing you so. can do, right? So, um, it's a bit well, of preventative. What, what so lays, maybe well, who lays the eggs or whatever? What is what kind of a bug? Um, it, it's it's just a beetle that gets in. It's just sort of, a, and and they. I wish I knew where all these bugs come from, right? You think after Sorry. minus 30, they would be gone, right? They might yeah. really want to come back, but um, just down in the ground and then up they come. So probably some type of moth. And, yeah, could uh, be. I've got everything yeah. this year, so. Yeah, so I, yeah, and I prefer not, yeah, to you can try like a pure spray green like next spring mm -hmm. and, and get it, but it's really just, I think it's just a cycle you're going through right now, and yeah, I've and never had them before. Year. So yeah, so it's just probably a cycle that came in. Do a good spring cleanup or fall cleanup, like when they lose all their leaves. Do a good cleanup, mm -hmm. and uh, any of the fruit that's fallen off or something, just make sure that that gets thrown away. And, yeah, well, uh, good luck. I get so scratched up as it is. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, good luck oh. with that. Okay. Thanks for the help. Anyway. Thanks, Sheila. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and all right, we're going to do a couple texts here while we're just going to finish up this half hour. And if you'd like to join me after that, there is a few spots open, 403-974-8255. I got one here. Good morning, Merle. We have this 20-year-old cedar that got winter kill on the ins on the side. You're looking at it. I have a picture. Chop two head dead stalks and tie it up a bit to make it look better. Will it recover? or because you would hate to rip it out. It, it should recover. So what I would do is get a good pair of gloves on and uh, just get in there and run your hands up and down that cedar. And and it's probably a little bit late to fertilize, but I might give it a half strength of a 30-10-10 just to give it, give it something to, uh, and then just ensure that you water it in really good in the fall going into it and uh, and just cut out any of the brown that you have and uh, ensure good fall watering throughout the winter and and then fertilize next spring again 30 10 10 it loves that it'll respond really well for you and it should get some good growth and got one more here i'm hoping this is garden related but what would be the best app or computer program for garden landscaping so i can get a visual before i start our project um there's a ton of them i don't really use any of those that we we have our we have a 3D module that we use in our landscape design department, um, and there, there's quite a few. But I know there is quite a few um, free ones and, and low cost ones that you can get online. I, I just I'm probably not the best person to ask on that. So you might wanna if you're part of a maybe a Facebook group or something that um, maybe ask somebody who's used a couple of that. Uh, they might be able to recommend one that they've used, but um, or you could call our our guru landscape designer Conrad, and he'd be more than happy to to do up a design for you as well. But yeah, um, there's there's lots out there. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. 
and I'm going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Hi, Merle. Um, I got uh, probably poplar roots and shoots that I uh, need to uh, get rid of that okay. I need to stop from growing. They're going into a weeping tile on a grass oh, Okay. Wall. Yeah. Um, and they're just all over the place. Some of them are as big as four inch and how do I get rid of them? Is it is, is the is the poplar tree still alive? It's been gone for it twenty one years. Okay, yeah, the roots will, will stay. Unfortunately, Chris, it, it's going to be a bit of a job. It's sort of a root removal, sort of getting in there and yep. and probably tearing up most of your yard. Yep. And just dig down a foot or two, pull those roots out, and that's what they didn't do, and they maybe should have at the time twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then those will stay in there dormant sometimes, and then just get going. So, and uh, online when I search, uh, it's, people are saying you can put Roundup on it. Is that um, we we do have? Is the stump still there? No, no, it's in the neighbor's yard. It's long gone. It's been. Oh, okay. He's got so, and you're so it. you're getting the suckers. Yeah. If you just want to spray Roundup on the suckers, absolutely. Okay. And what about roots? I dug up. <laughs> I sent you some mixture um, text. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll keep looking. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what's um? What's your last three digits of your? Oh, here it is. Yep. Yeah. Here's some big. Oh yeah. You got a. You got some stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, but you, the only thing is, like on the roots, you you need um, green for the roundup to work. It won't yeah. it won't yeah. get absorbed by the roots. So only where the suckers are coming up, mm -hmm. it, then you can spray the roundup on them, and then it'll soak it up and take it down. But other than that, like you already have it all dug up, and to be able to do anything, I think I'd almost just if you can rent to like a little mini backhoe, mm -hmm. get in between there, and then just dig that whole area up. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was like a t looks like it was a tower poplar. I think it looks like. Yeah, I tried to find a hybrid. I couldn't, but yeah, it looks like a tower poplar because it they it has this long skinny branches like that. They go out, right. it gets really wonky, and you get lots of suckers off them when you take one down. I had a beaver <laughs> take one down down at our campground that spruce it up, and I got eight million suckers coming up right now. So. Yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. So All right. it's just a matter of, yeah, it's just, I'd get a mini hoe in there. And then yeah. that way you can do any of your drainage or anything you need to at the same time anyways, because it yep. looks like you're doing a, a reno or something. You're ripping up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was the deck so, replacing it. Yeah. So I think it's a good time to redo it, clean it all out, do that, put some fabric, gravel down underneath your deck, and then you're, yep. then awesome. you're set properly. Very much appreciate you. All right. Take care, man. Have Thank a good you. one. Bye. Bye. -bye. Yeah, that's uh, when it gets going. And like I've, we, and as I was kind of sad about this one tree, I have a, about 8,000 other trees, native trees down at our campground at, down at, that spruced up. We have a little area down below. And uh, we planted this one tree um, 18 years ago, whatever it was. And uh, the beaver decided to take that one down, but now, man, oh man, do I got suckers coming up? It was a, it was a tower poplar, but it is what it is. And uh, let's go to Carla. Good morning, Carla. Hi, Carla. Hi. How are you this morning? Good. Good. How can I help you? 
Well, um, I have a poplar that has decided to grow up in between a, it looks like a rose bush or something. And I that, I didn't really notice it until, um, I think, last summer. But I didn't oh, so you, you have it. a what coming up? A hawthorn? It's a, it's, a, it's a poplar, yeah. Oh, okay, poplar, okay. So now it's about an inch thick. Yeah. And I need to get it out of there because it's about a foot away from my house. Yeah. So it's just... It's similar to what I was just chatting with Chris. It's uh, right, getting in yeah. there, dig it out, and and if there's other stuff in between, you might have to pull those other plants out, pull them aside, pull that big root out, get rid of it, and then yeah, and then you'll be good to go. Okay. Just, and I didn't hear. Yeah, it, there's guys. no other way of yeah, there's no other way of to do it. It's just uh, okay. And you and if it's that close to your house too, you can't really use the machine. So it's it's just getting in there okay. with a shovel and and a pry bar, digging it out and and pull it out. Now I heard you mentioned Roundup. I couldn't really hear because I'm on Bluetooth. But yeah, it sounds like you're in a train Roundup station. Was okay to use? <laughs> yeah, that? you can spray. It sounds like you're in a train station. <laughs> oh really? Um, no, I'm, yeah. I'm on the highway. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can I'm hear it. I'm in Saskatchewan on the way home. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if it, you can spray Roundup on the leaves for sure and let yep. it go in and, and kill it that way, you can do that okay. first and let it totally die before you dig it out and then okay. just dig down and dig it out. Perfect. All right. Thanks All right. Much. Thank you. Bye Have now. a good one. Drive safe. Bye-bye. It will do. Um, and... Uh, I, uh, I was just kind of laughing going through scotch, but um, just my daughter's doing a mud run today. So good luck to her and her friends. They're uh, they're doing a mud run and they're, it's a fundraiser down up in Mahogany, I think, for, for breast cancer. So <laughs> good luck to the girls doing the old mud run. So, all right, we are going to take a quick break and you're listening to <laughs> Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we do have a, one or two spots open if you'd like to join me, 403-974-8255. We're getting lots of suckering phone calls and texts and flies in the lawn, so uh, crazy. And I was actually going to check and see our podcast wasn't um, updating since July 9th, but uh, hopefully they got that rectified, and uh, you should be able to listen to these shows if you'd like on the podcast as well and that's on the apple spotify or any of the other ones that you want to listen to us on there at a later date let's go to darlene good morning darlene hello good morning hi how can we help you hi merle i have a question about this uh, huge vine i have in my backyard i forget the name of it but it was it's probably virginia creeper Virginia, yes. Okay. So it's all desiccated, probably like yep. 75% of it. You said to clean it up. What do you mean by that? Um, just remove. Yeah, well, you don't necessarily have to cut it down. You could just like, run a wire rake through the vines. If, if it's pretty healthy vines, oh. uh -huh. just run the rake through and just do a really good cleanup or wait till they all fall off in the, in the fall here. Do a good okay. cleanup. You could spray it with pure spray green right now. Um, okay. But yeah, it's not going to leaf out again, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to do it fairly, like starting at the end of June, beginning of July. Yeah, you need I to do it that. sort of once a week okay. um, for that three or four weeks in a row during that time yes, when they I heard come that at part. it. Sure. 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So if you get at them at the right time, then you'll be fine once you get past that the hatch of the of the leaf hoppers on those. Oh, that's a leaf but hopper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just do a really good cleanup, and okay. and uh, fertilize it in the in the springtime. Oh, and that's other than that, oh, yeah, okay. they're a fertilize fairly heavy it. feeder. Yep. Okay. And All right. do you mind if I ask the second one about those suckers? Yeah, of course. On a mountain ash is effect, not affected, but there's suckers probably five feet tall on the mountain ash and mayday tree. Yeah, so you, you should probably cut them out, so it's just a matter of digging down. And oh. Are they sort of around the shrub, around the tree? Right around the trunk of each. Yeah. Yeah, depending on if they've been left for that long, some of them might just need to stay. Um, it's It'll turn more into a multi-stem tree then. And oh, so you can leave it? Yeah, some, like, a lot of times you'll see a multi-stem Schubert, multi-stem um, Maydays, multi-stem Mountain Ash, absolutely. Oh. So but it depends on where yeah. it's grown. If, if you're able to cut it out with a good mm -hmm. clean cut, okay. um, I, I, I would still recommend taking them out. Yeah. Um, but but if if not if it's grown up tight and it just and if it's healthy looking just you can have, it'll just end it up is. being a multi stem yeah. yeah okay so don't touch anything with Roundup then that's not a case no no that'll okay, get in and kill your whole problem. tree no oh no. okay I think that's it thank you so much all right bye -bye. all right take care thank you bye bye all right let's go to Gloria good morning Gloria hi. Hi, how, how can you? we help you? Good, okay, good. Okay, I have a question on um, the creeping bellflower that is uh, invasive into the grass. Yeah, it's nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what I would do, are you getting lots of it coming up in your lawn? Well, it's my daughter's lawn, and it's everywhere. Um, they moved in last summer, so really. So didn't... what I would do is, and she's in Calgary, or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what I do is get some greened up lawn fertilizer. So we want to get your grass nice and healthy because it'll okay. help choke those out. But what we want to do as well is get like a broom and, and go over top of all the creeping bellflower in the lawn. So it looks like you're out there sweeping the grass. Okay. So what we're doing is we're breaking the wax coating off of the bellflower. So okay. this way it's going to be able to absorb the 2,4-D. Okay. So we're, then oh, we're going to wow. spray Killex on it. Okay, so I, I but you need to you need to sweep it though first, just to get that open up the pores of it, because otherwise okay. they've almost they've bred themselves to be chemical resistant in some ways, like they shed off the chemical. So, okay. so we just gotta get in there and get, if you get a good like, like just like a regular garage broom or whatever, just give yeah. it just give it a few sweep over top of it and then spray it right after. And okay. uh, you should see you getting rid of those fairly quickly after that. And just kill really? X, not okay. Roundup. Yeah. Kill X. Okay. Okay. Now, you, I bought your your spring fertilizer. I want to know, do you have a fall fertilizer or is it it's, the same one? It's the same one, just a different rate. So in the spring, you start okay. out at full rate. Summer, yeah. you go down a bit. And then in the fall, you go down again. Okay. So do you have the fall um, in stock then? Yeah. Yes, we do. And and when should I give it another summer uh, application and then a fall in September? Yeah, you can, you can still give it one right now, then give it another one at the end of September for sure. Okay. Okay. 
Well, awesome. excellent. Thanks so much about the bellflower. I'm um, looking yep. forward to uh, trying that. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that creeping bellflower is nasty stuff, so unbelievable. Uh, all right, and we're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we are going to go to the phone lines and and uh, great participation, everybody, today. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's go to Elsie. Good morning, Elsie. Hi. I Hi. Was, I was going to mention about my apple tree. It's about six years old, and all the apples are falling off. And they're not, there's the red ones, and then there's the green ones, and it doesn't matter. They all, all seem to, there's always about 12 apples on the on the grass in the morning and they're not bigger than golf balls so i don't know if they'd be ready or i open one up and the seeds are still well white yeah it it should be getting close to when they're they're starting to shed their apples part of it is the plant too if it if it if it has an abundance of it um they will shed some of them because it doesn't have enough energy to sustain all of them so you can also go through and help prevent that is is thin them out pull off some of the ones around the tree and leave ones that you want to get bigger on and then it'll it'll take it from there so it's just doing a bit of a natural shedding as well and um, no, you don't really want to fertilize it this time of year. You want to do you could do that in the fall for sure. Like once we get past um, August here, end of August, beginning of September, um, mid September, you can start to fertilize again. Um, just ensure that you're given a good deep watering. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, it's just is is there a lot of apples on the yeah. tree? Yes, there is. Yeah, so it's it's a natural process because it knows that it only has so much energy to produce. Um, so many ones all the way to the end. So it will shed s- some of the plants. Sort of like a natural thinning out. So that's it, it's it's all normal. So, so just, uh, can I pick those and they ripen up if I pick them up and put them in a cardboard box to green? Absolutely. Yeah. No, the lawn will still ripen right up. Oh, okay. I thought maybe Alrighty. it was the heat because it's very hot. It's being yeah, part of that is too. And, and just in, that's why I was mentioned to you, just ensure that you do still slow deep watering around the drip line, yes. especially when it has all that fruit because it takes that much more energy. So it's using up lots of water as well. We're heading into a really hot spell. Mm-hmm. Coming up this week's going to be quite warm. So let's ensure that we do lots of deep watering. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, my Thank next you. question is, have you got a walnut tree? In... Um, we we have had them in, and I did see them on the bill. I'm not sure if we have any in stock, but typically we do try to carry the black walnut. It, and that's good for the climate for Calgary. Yeah, absolutely, yep, super hardy here. Yeah. Oh, and you're not sure if there you have any? I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, we did have a couple in earlier, mm-hmm. and I'm not too sure if if they're sold. Okay. Um, I'll phone yeah, in. Yeah, just and... go down and check. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you Thanks, very Elsie. much. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, let's go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hello, good morning to you. Hey, how can I help you? I'm looking to find out how I can encourage a patch of wild asparagus to grow for uh, next year. Okay, um, so basically, it, what's it doing right now? It's already seeded out. And, okay. Uh, I, I've maintained a drip line uh, 
uh, so grateful since I found him. Yeah. Um, so, so I would at that point I would too I'd cut off the seeds if you at this time too, um, yeah. and then, and then just do what you're doing. Ensure and then once it goes a bit more dormant here, you want to feed it with a fifteen thirty fifteen. You want some with a bit of a high, higher middle number, and and then just ensure that you water it in really good in the fall, and then you should be good. Okay. What about uh, transplanting? How? Uh... How far out do the roots actually go? Uh, they will sort of, usually a foot to two feet, sort of thing, depending. Okay. Yeah. So they so you might be able to get some root out of them. How long have they been going? Oh, I would tend to think that these were planted back in the thirties. It's on the north oh. side of a quarter section of land that I. Oh, okay. Started farming and, and uh, I, I don't know. I guess the amount of uh, the amount of snow that we drifted in on that uh, on that canal bank it, it just uh, yeah. It so just them to come along. Yeah. So somebody had them before. Yeah. So just um, so yeah, just do what I said there, and and you can look at maybe harvesting, splitting up the the thing in the spring as well. You can maybe look at that when it just starts. That's when typically when we harvest and then transplant them as well. So you, you can do that in the springtime. All right. All righty. Thanks, Mel. All right. Take care. Thanks, Peter. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm just going to finish up with a couple of texts. I do have one more creeping bellflower, and I will touch on that. Um, and if you're listening here, Wendy, um, the cre- creeping bellflower, yeah. It just, so what you got to do is you get a broom, like a soft bristle or a, a sweeping broom, and go over top of the areas where you have the creeping bellflower. Go over them a bunch of times. So what that's doing, it's opening up the the pores and the leaf to the 